Welcome to Mimesis, the podcast about all the twisted ways art and life imitate each other. I'm Sandra Sheriff Zacherly. And I'm Stacey Rourke. I almost forgot to say my name. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just waiting. <laughs> you are Sandra Sheriff Zacherly. Good for you. Who the hell am I? <laughs> we are your host on the Zany Adventure. <laughs> I am. I'm just hosting this alone today. Yeah. (laughs) Stacey's checked out. I I really am. I'm I'm, I'm hey, hey, for the chicken from Moana right now. I'm just like, in my head, I'm just constantly screaming. (laughs) Yeah. We haven't been to Once Upon a Book, but when this airs, we will have been done with Once Upon a Book. So we're still very much in the throes of trying to get things done. I am working on the spreadsheet that we have for the registration table. And I worked on it for a good chunk of time. Uh, Last night, the night before, I don't know. Time has no meaning right now. But I've been working on it for a long time. And I'm like, okay, I've probably got a lot done. Let me just scan. Let me scroll through and see how much I have left. And when I say I scrolled and it looked like the wheel from The Price is Right, and it was just like... <laughs> I'm nowhere near done with the spreadsheet. Not even close. Oh. <laughs> it just keeps going and going and going. I know. And honestly, I think that that's something I got to tackle today is the spreadsheet. And I know I'm going to be like cross-eyed by mid-afternoon, but it's got to get done. I got to bite the bullet and do it. But I did hand something off to my beautiful niece that she's going to do the... Oh, I, I sent you that email, by the way, with the book cover bingo okay. images. Perfect. So I'm delegating. I Look at me. I'm that. delegating. Look at you go. <laughs> and then I can get them printed off too. Yes. Thank you. That would be wonderful. Yes. I would say print off somewhere around like a hundred of them. That should be a, That should be good. Okay. Hopefully Perfect. when they print off, they'll print off better than they did last year, because last year the pictures were super duper tiny and you couldn't really see them. I'll make it work. Okay. I can make oh, something and in Canva. If you could print off like a full page image of each cover so I can like hold that up. Like the girls yep. with the boxing rings that say what, <laughs> what ring number you're in. There we go. I can do that. <sighs> Yes. Yeah. So we're going over our to do okay. list and not talking about the podcast. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> we should probably get back to the podcast. The reason yes, why people we should. come and listen to us. <laughs> yes. It's not talking about our to do list. Yeah. All um, right. So we are going to finish up with Catch Me If You Can. We're going to finish up. This one might not be a full, full episode. It'll probably be around 30 minutes like the last one, but. I felt like if it was, it was going to be way too long and people would be like, okay, I'm bored of this. So yeah, we split it up into two. We don't want to bore anybody. So, no, we don't. We talked about how he spent a long time in prison. Yes. for In his teen years, starting from 15 to 20. <laughs> that's That's a lot of years. Yeah, millions of dollars in fraud, uh, impersonating police officers, impersonating um, pilots, doctors. I mean, this kid had giant brass balls that he just went with it. Giant. (laughs) Yeah. 
He got banned from Sweden. (laughs) The whole country. As a whole, they went, nope. That's a no from Sweden. Yeah, we're not doing this. Mm -mm. Yeah, let's pick up where we left off. This is in uh, 1967, back in, like, in the movie. Okay. Carl tracks down Frank in his mother's hometown of, I'm going to murder this name. It's like Montreard, France, and manages okay. to track him into being arrested. Tra- trick him into being arrested. Okay. Uh, back in the present, Carl takes Frank on a flight to the United States. As they approach, Carl informs him that his father has died. Grief-stricken, Frank escapes from the plane and reaches the house of his mother, who has now had a daughter with Barnes. And Frank surrenders to Carl and is sentenced to 12 years in a maximum security prison. Okay. Carl occasionally visits Frank. During one of his visits, he shows him a fraud check from a case he is working on. Frank immediately figures out that the bank teller was involved in the fraud. Impressed, Carl convinces the FBI to allow him to serve the remainder of a sentence working for the FBI, financial the FBI's financial crimes unit. Frank agrees, but soon grows restless about the tedious office work. And then he tries to escape again, and then but he ends up showing back up to work, and that's how they end the movie. Okay. So how much of that is real? <laughs> I'm getting to that right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, after returning to the United States, 22-year-old Abagnale, dressed in a pilot's uniform, traveled around college campuses, passing bad checks and claiming he was the re- to recruit stewardess to Pan Am. He really did that. Oh, my gosh. Like, how, like, I understand that you're excited about a job, but to be frauded when you're trying to get a job for yourself? Yes. What kind of bullshit is that? (laughs) Yeah. That's, you know, people that, like, try to ruin someone else's dream or that scam them while they're trying to achieve their dream. That's that's some horse shit. Yeah. And especially when you tell these girls that, yeah, you got the job, and then they really didn't. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Well, it's <laughs> at the start of my career, there was a, a small press publishing company that they scammed me. They st- scammed another author named Christy Sloat that they promised us that they were going to release our books. And when I say these people talk a good game, they did. And this is the kind of guy that Frank was, too, is that they could talk yeah. a good game. They can make you believe they, you know, they they. Yeah. Like do that. the whole rah-rah routine so much. It's horrible to scam people. Yeah. And then right when my book was supposed to be yeah. released, they just vanished. They vanished with our money. They vanished with everything. Just were gone. Yeah. And that's actually how I ended up forming my own small press publishing company. That how you secured your... Yeah. My publishing company. Because I went to the other authors that were scammed. And I have I, I, I have a business degree. I, I consider myself a reasonably intelligent woman. And I said, you know, if these people who are con artists can do this then i can do it for real i can do the real thing and if you guys will trust me we'll we'll make a go of this together yeah and we did and that's where anchor group launched and it i had the company for about five years we did good we released about 100 books a year but when i closed the business it was because 
I didn't feel I was offering anything to people that they couldn't do themselves. And, uh, right. you know, I don't like that feeling. I don't like that feeling. If I could have expanded to the point where I could have done more for them, I would have. But I, d- I don't like feeling like I'm not doing enough for people. So <laughs> then there's the you other people like that just like want to do the minimum. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't feel I was scamming them. I just felt like I'm not doing anything you can't do for yourself. And I will show you how to do it for yourself. But I just I didn't feel right about it. So. That's when we close the doors and there you go. Right. Right. Yeah. But Frank is not that kind of person. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> because at the University of Arizona, he started, he stated that he was a pilot and a doctor. Oh, wow. Busy guy. Yeah. And according to Paul Holson, a student at the time, Abinale conducted physical examinations because he pretended to be a doctor, on several college students who wanted to be part of flight crews. None of the women were ever enrolled in Abagnale's fictional program, as his autobiography and film depicted. So, okay, that's gross. That could be considered... Sexual assault, yeah. He says that he did. Somebody else is saying that he didn't. Yeah, that's that's sexual assault. (sighs) Yeah. But he wasn't he wasn't accused of that, was he? He he didn't like face sexual assault charges? No. Nope. Mm. Which you could have said that in when I said that he was caught in that apartment with the fake police with the daughter. That could yeah. have been considered mm-hmm. sexual assault there too. I mean, we don't know exactly what happened, but he wasn't sneaking in there for nothing. Yeah, exactly. His intentions weren't to just go have a conversation with her. Right. Maybe they were dating, mm. but still. No. Yeah, we don't know. Right. And you can say for sure if he was if he was offering medical exams to women and touching their bodies under false pretenses, that's assault. That is. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Um so Abigail cashed a personal check made to look like a Pan Am paycheck on july 30th of 1970 so again another one in north carolina he again came to the attention of the fbi he is arrested in cobb county georgia three months after or three months later november 2nd he had cashed 10 fake pan am payroll checks in different towns So he escaped from the Cobb County Jail and was picked up four days later in New York City. He was sentenced to 10 years in 1971 for forging checks that totaled $1,448.60. And he received an additional two years from escaping the county jailhouse in Georgia. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So 10 years, he was sentenced. So in 1974... Abigail was released. Four years, not ten. Okay. Four, Four years. Less than half. I don't understand uh, that. He was released on parole after he had served around two years of his 12-year sentence. <laughs> two out of 12. Yep. So okay. somehow the 10 years that he was sentenced, he ended up with 12 years. Oh, because he had the additional two years added for escaping the jailhouse. I read that wrong. Um, so okay. he only spent he only served two years of his 12-year sentence at the Federal Corrections in Pittsburgh, 
Virginia. And unwilling to return to his family in New York, Abagnale says he left the choice to the parole location up to the court, which decided that he would be paroled in Texas. Why? We don't know why he didn't want to go back to his family. I don't know why Texas. Hmm. All right. He just figured at that point they were done with him, too, I guess. Sweden doesn't want him. His family doesn't want him. (laughs) Not at all. So... At the end of the movie, it shows that one weekend Frank prepares to impersonate a pilot again and is incarcerated by Carl, who is willing to let him continue his con, assuring him that no one is chasing him and that it's his choice. So Frank actually returns to work and discusses another fraud case that Carl, who is questioning him about how he cheated at the Louisiana State Bar exam, but Frank reveals that he studied and passed it, which makes Carl smile. A postscript states that Frank lived 26 years in the Midwestern United States with his wife, with whom he had three sons, remains friends with Carl, and has built a successful living as one of the world's leading experts on brink fraud and forgery, which he has been the world's leading expert on bank fraud and forgery. Yeah. Like from all his cons and everything. Well, there's nobody better for the job. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody better for the job because he can see the fakes. He knows the ins and outs. He can be like, yeah, that's fake. Yeah. Wow. So. The fact that he turned turned it around, though, that's good for him. Yeah. Like, that's where I said he must have just been like a light switch, something like he matured enough to be like, I'm done running. I'm done being put in jail. Yeah. And that possibly could have been him meeting his wife i love her enough i don't want to lose her yep i loved that scene in the movie where frank was like or uh the the detective was like no one's chasing you anymore what are you doing yeah you you have the option for a fresh start yeah at some point did he see it as a game yeah oh for sure absolutely yeah did he like it like with his mom and dad divorcing, was this somehow his way of getting the attention he always craved? Probably. Probably. Making him feel important. Yeah. So, in real life, in 1990, or 1977, Abby Nail gave a hey, public a good talk year. wherein he... It is a good year. My favorite person was born. <laughs> Aww. Abby Nail gave public talks... Um, wherein he claimed that between the ages of 16 and 21, he was a doctor in Georgia hospital for one year, an assistant state general attorney general for one year, a sociology professor for two semesters, and a Pan Am American pilot for two years. Oh my gosh. (laughs) In addition, Abignale claimed that he recruited female university students as Pan American stewardess traveling with them for three months throughout Europe. So he took these women and just, like, lavished them in Europe. Oh, my gosh. They had no idea. They had no idea what was really going on. And that's – did they, though? Like, some of them had to figure it out. Like, why are we not flying? Why are we actually not stewardess? Why are we still with this guy? Yeah. (laughs) 
and then, and then, you know, and you don't blame them for not coming forward because eventually they had to feel, they, they had to feel dumb that they fell for it. Right. Right. He also claimed that he eluded the FBI with daring escape from a commercial airline toilet bowl while his plane was taxiing at the JF Kennedy International Airport in New York. I couldn't find if that actually happened or not, but he says it actually did happen. If it did, that's freaking gross, dude. <laughs> right? That's I hit my mic. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um that's nasty. That's real that's real there's poo poo in there. <laughs> right. You slid down <laughs> no, a poo poo slide. <laughs> Don't go down the poo poo slide. There's poop in there. <laughs> that's poop. That's this is a whole slide of poop. <laughs> whole slide of poop. <laughs> <laughs> so nasty no poop uh in Mm-mm. 1978 abignale told a honolulu advertiser reporter that he was familiar with the toilet apparatuses squeezed himself through the opening swung down through the lower hatch landed on the pavement ran across the runway and hailed a cab abigail claimed he moved the sewage container aside so no going down this poo-poo slide <laughs> and that no one heard a thing i took off running i thought they were right behind me but i didn't know was that the door was spring loaded and when it slammed shut the whole assembly fell back into place and nobody heard anything because of the engine's roar wow he wanted them to i mean it's hard not to believe him yeah 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 he's running like hell and nobody even knew he was gone right hmm yeah, that's where I think it kind of might have happened because he kind of went into full detail of what the mechanism was. But. Yeah, I think I think it really did. He is the con But I don't know. Artist. I mean, did he lie about a lot of the things that he did? Did he when he was like uh, confessing? No. I don't know for sure. I mean, they have him on charges no. of the bank fraud and impersonating people. They have him on that. Yeah. So we don't know. We don't know if maybe he was just trying to make himself sound cooler or what, but. Right. Could have really happened. Yeah. Yeah. So he moved in with his wife, Kelly, and their three sons to Tulsa, 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 Tesla, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I can't say it. It's one of those words. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thank you. (laughs) His <laughs> his family and we he have family lived there in the same. We do. No, it's not Tulsa. It's Ada. We have family in Ada, Oklahoma. Okay, I didn't know we had family yeah. in Oklahoma. Sorry, <laughs> we do. That's where uh, Grandpa Linker's from. Oh, okay, I did not know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, his family and he lived in the same house for the next twenty five years. So no more running. No more prison. Put his roots in. Yep. After his sons left home for college and the careers with careers elsewhere, Kelly suggested that Frank and she should leave Tulsa. They agreed to move to Charleston, South Carolina. I love Charleston. Pretty. We love Charleston. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, In 1976, he founded... In 1976... He founded Abignale and Associates, 
which advised companies on secured documents in the 2015. Abagnale was named the AARP Fraud Watch Ambassador, where he helps to provide online programs and community forums to educate consumers about ways to protect themselves from identity theft and cybercrime. In 2018, he began co-hosting the AARP podcast, The Perfect Scam, about scammers and how they operate. Something he knows a lot about. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which I, like I said, it's the perfect job for him because it helps us to be able to protect ourselves from being frauded. Yeah. And companies by hiring does he ever talk about his yeah does he ever talk about the shit that he used to do on his podcast do you think he would have to i don't know i've kind of wanted to uh, once i was reading this i was like i kind of want to go check that out and see what it's about yeah i like podcasts yeah so (laughs) oh yeah oh i have a new one i'm gonna introduce you to okay should i listen before i come down like on the plane um, you can, um, but they they cover a lot of cases that I haven't heard on Morbid because you know I love Morbid so much. Yes, but um, they cover a lot of uh, I want to say with the smaller cases, um, but they're both they're fantastic. So I'm sure we'll what was end the up name again? To I'm them sorry, I at didn't some catch point it. too. It's called Red Handed. Okay. Ooh, I it's like it's game. really good. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we will. I've been listening to them probably for the last two days, nonstop. They're really good. And they have they have these adorable accents that I just love so much. So <laughs> I could listen to them talk forever. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So Abagnale appeared in the media on a variety of times, including three times as a guest on The Tonight Show an appearance on To Tell the Truth in 1977, and a regular slot on the British network TV series The Secret Cabaret in the 1990s. Um, the book about Abagnale, Catch Me If You Can. So he wrote the book that was turned into the movie. Okay. By It was produced by Steven Spielberg in 2002, fe- featuring Leonardo DiCaprio. The real Abagnale made a cameo appearance in the film as the French police officer talking, taking DiCaprio into custody. Really? That's yep. cool. I didn't know that. Okay, now I have to watch the movie and look for him. Yeah, so it's going to be at the very end of the movie, I think it was. Okay. Or somewhere around there. That's cool. Yeah, he... Well, I will look for him. <laughs> Turned his life around and became on TV. <laughs> yeah, he became a TV personality. Yeah, he got the attention that he wanted by stopping doing the shit that was that wasn't getting him attention. <laughs> exactly. Then he probably when he met his wife, like I said, he was like, "Yeah, I can't do that," but still wanted the attention. So I was like, "How can I use this in my favor?" <laughs> Yeah. To be recognized and to he had be the skills. A household name. Yeah. 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 And he turned it around, and there's so many people that don't. <laughs> Maybe we can get a hold of the 
<laughs> the podcast that he's on and be like, hey, do you want to come and talk to our peoples? <laughs> oh, that would be so cool. Can you imagine? Yeah. That would be awesome. So many questions. and But seriously, there's so many people that like fall into a life of crime and they never break that cycle. Never. And he did and he's prospering and that's amazing yeah. for him. Yeah. And I mean, I think it, if that would have been the case of him doing the crimes now, he would not be so lucky. He would yeah. still be sitting in no. jail. You would not. No. And that's where back then you only got a slap on the wrist for certain things like this. And yeah. got to get out after two years of your 12-year sentence. That's so That's so short. That's so short. Yeah. Especially for a repeat yeah. offender. Yes. The, re- repeatedly. Like, like, stolen cars. And, like, he stole, what, two or three cars? Yeah. And then the, the checks and yeah. just one thing after another. Yeah. It's like... Okay, you can get out, but you have to live in this commune place. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, you're not allowed to leave. You're going like, to live on this, this island you by are. yourself. Yeah. We're going to take you, you to that island that Tom Hanks was alone on in Castaway, and that's where you live <laughs> now. You yeah. <laughs> like, I never looked up. I was so focused on Abigail that I didn't really look up to see if the FBI agent was real or not. And yeah. I should have. Well, it's it sounded like he's he was friends with. Uh, you said he was friends with. Yeah, I, I think that's the detective. Yeah. So he was friends with one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, after you get caught so many times, maybe. <laughs> like, hey, what's yeah, up? The guy's like, doing? dude, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I caught you again. Like. Yeah. Okay, we need to stop meeting like this. Can you please just come over for dinner? <laughs> exactly. Dude, we can just go get a beer. I don't need to be ch- chasing you down every day. Yeah. Yeah, so that's all I have. Like, I said it was a little short, but I, like I said, I just didn't want to be super, super long-winded. No, so. I think this this is a yeah. quite, great, rate, great way to wrap it up. And show, you know, it's kind of a, a story of you can turn your life around yes. just because you made some bad choices. That that doesn't define who you are. No. You can still turn it around. You can you, still you go ch- on to prosper. You change. Like, you grow up. You realize that your priorities are not your priorities from five years ago, even two years ago. Like, your mindset yes. changes. Things happen that make you change for the good or the bad. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. This is this is uplifting. I yes. like it. Good for you, Frank, that you have made such a successful career out of yourself. You are clearly a very smart dude. <laughs> very smart. That you, you were able to do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to play checkers or chess with him. He will. <laughs> he will outlive cunning. you. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. cool. So, all right. So the next time we get together, we will. Uh, we are. Are we taking it up a, a week off for OUAB? We are taking a week off for OUB, yes. Um, okay. Because of traveling for you and then getting back home and settled. So we're going to take that week off. Okay. After OUAB. All right. So that's going to be our 4th of July uh, vacation day. 
We're just moving it two yes. weeks. <laughs> but, but it won't be 4th of July for like anybody else. It's right. just going to be, it's going to be our delayed 4th of July. Yes. Um, yeah. And then we'll be back. And by the time we get together again, we will, I'll have a new computer that hopefully will <laughs> be less yes, of a headache for all parties involved. I hope and so. we'll have some good stories about, about once upon a book that we can share with people. We will. I think that next episode we should do once upon a book because you're going to have a lot of thoughts, a lot of crying. So I think we should do a once upon a book episode next. Yeah. Um, Becca, who co-hosts once upon a book with me, Becca Vincenza. We love you, Becca. I know you don't listen, but we love you anyway. (laughs) Um, She sent me the slideshow of the awards show just for approval. And I got to the very end of it and I was looking at it. And at the very bottom, she wrote, thanks for eight amazing years. And instantly I was like, oh, my heart. (laughs) You just saying that makes me freaking tear up. I know. I read it and I was like, oh, no. And she was like, we're going to ugly cry, aren't we? And I was like, oh, yes. There's good. And and we're not even saying that OUAB is over. It's just the Michigan chapter is coming to an end. And, uh, and that's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. So, yeah. Yes. So when we come back, we'll do a recap, once upon a book recap, and then we'll get back to our mimesis. Yes. Maybe we can get some guests on here. Oh, that's a great idea. We absolutely should. We'll talk to people about that at the event. Okay. Well, we want to hear Dragon Con. Dragon Con. Yes. Yes. Um, We want to hear from you. If you have any feedback, stories, ideas, anything for us. Um, Sandra, where can the nice people contact us? You can contact us at the Mimesis Podcast at Facebook and Instagram. You can also find us at the Mimesis Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we also have our tip jar at mimesis.captivate slash support. If you want to tell them all about that. Yes. If you want to help us grow the podcast in any way, be it uh, contributions that are repeated or at a one-time offering, we appreciate that very much. You can set that up. Also, you can support us by listening and reviewing. And any platform that you listen on, cast us a review. Give us some, yes, some stars, some thumbs up, anything at all that helps us out. It does. All right. So I guess that's all we have time for for today. Until next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Mimesis. If you enjoy this podcast, by all means, tell your friends about it and give us a review on whatever platform you listen on. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.